Hey everybody and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Trevor. I'm Neil. I'm Dale. And uh, we got some spicy stuff for you today. We're talking, uh, we're talking about a bunch of the basics. We're going to be outlining some uh, Commander deck types and some of their strategies. We're going to be talking about some of those people that are new to Commander. We got some keywords we're going to go over and how they interact and that kind of interesting stuff. But I think we're going to start off with uh, Walking Dead Secret Lair. Uh, a pretty hot and controversial topic right now. Uh, Dale, what are you thinking? Uh, well, based on all the interactions I've had online, social media with people, I think the majority of players are extremely pissed off about it, and they're being vocal about it. You know, huge petitions going on already in the thousands for the rules committee to just outright ban the cards before they're even released, just as a show of force to Wizards to be like, hey... Stop trying to yeah, like, like profitize our game and you know ruin it. You know, right? People are afraid the game is going to die out because of Wizards printing good, expensive singles. No, like, I don't think it's the fact that it's good singles or the fact that it could be expensive. It's, it's the, the fact that it's the mu mechanically unique. Yeah. I think is the key phrase here because yeah, like secret layers. Yeah, I can buy the Lightning Bolt Secret Lair because the Lightning Bolts look cool. Mm -hmm. But I also have access to 30 other printings of Lightning Bolt at a budget. You know what I mean? There right. is no other Michonne. There is no other Glenn or Negan or right. something like that. So imagine one of them, you know, I don't, I just from seeing the, the, t the cards, they suck. I, they, they're not that yeah, great. Yeah, they're not that good. I think Negan actually is really the only one that would be fun to play. Like, I, honestly, yeah. I think he's the only one that would be fun to play, but I don't necessarily think it makes him viable. But this should is the, the potential... Right, should the potential They're arise the that water. in the... Right, in the future, they print a secret layer with exclusive cards like this that have exclusive abilities. Um, they could be super good in Commander, and then they'll be unattainable by everybody. That's my, that's my problem. I don't have a problem with the intellectual property crossover. Right. I'd love to be, like... Eric Cartman's going to kick your Ronald McDonald in the balls and <laughs> yeah, send all your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back to your hands. I, I mean, we got Transformers. We got Godzilla. Those were cool. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder, ultimately, if this was a promotional item for like a San Diego Comic-Con that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean that... All the cons were shut down this year. What if they made this as a, one of those products right. to be well, sold exclusively at a con? The Walking Dead show is just coming out right now. There's a new uh, season or something of like this Walking Dead that just like came out saying the show's coming out. So like I definitely think they planned it with yeah. AMC around the release of this show or whatever. But plus, I mean, it is just a really popular show in general. Yeah, I mean, it might just be something that I don't know. I heard a lot of talks like Wizards was saying something like we, you know, you guys have been asking for this. I'm like, really? Were people really asking <laughs> who, for this? Who was asking? Who asked for this? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fine. To each their own. These products, we do have to keep in mind. These products aren't meant for everybody. Like, not everybody has yeah. to buy these. Everybody should keep that in mind. Like, they're not meant to be for everybody. But the ramifications that affect our game is what <clears throat> I think is upsetting. Even though the most. I can't sell it, even though it's not for everybody, me as a as a shop owner, should still have the option to be able to sell it to those right. people that want to. <clears throat> yeah. if, no, I wanted, right. if I wanted this product, I got to do the same thing you guys do. I don't get to go through a retailer or a distributor or anything. I'm paying the exact same price as you guys are. I just have to be in the queue with everybody else. Yeah. yeah. 
That's um, the biggest I don't problem think that, I have. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like it's something that's coming to the stores. That nope. I didn't know. Yeah, that yeah. I didn't know. I don't I, have the option to get it. I no just kidding. think that the the it's the precedent that's the problem here. Yeah, it, definitely. It really is the yeah. it I f- I don't want to think it's malicious, but I just think if they're seeing if they can get away with it. Right. And yeah. right now they've been caught by, you know, they've been caught by the balls. Everyone is mad. Right. And you know what I mean? Like there are some people that even like the the IP. They like Walking Dead. Yeah. And they like the fact that, hey, I like this series and now one of my favorite pastimes, magic, has now crossed over into something that I really enjoy. Right. But the thing is those secret layers, uh, if you can't get those cards anywhere else that are mechanically the same. Now, Merrill went on record and said, hey, uh, we, it's something we're looking at. If these are popular commanders, if these are things that you know people really enjoy, we can and will rename them with a magic name, give them magic art, and then release them as a card in some type of supplemental product. See, now they're backpedaling. Yeah, no, they're, that's no, they should have done that that's first. That's them making more money off of it. They're going to sell the secret layers, drive the value of those cards up, and then be able to go, we're going to drop these cards that everyone wants because they're so good and you only got them there. Right. Now we're going to put them in this master's product or this other thing to Pre-con sell that or product something. as well. Yeah. But I, I think the exclusivity of the secret layer is what's going to drive... I don't think Negan no, in I the secret layer this is will be... Good. You know, as expensive as a, a reprinted, mechanically identical card that they make and put in a set. You know, you could call it whatever you want, but I think the head to head of those cards, the Negan will always be more expensive because it was in a secret layer. Right. Because yeah. it's tied into this IP yep. and, you know, has the art and all that stuff. I, I just think it was a really, you know, people have been really voicing their displeasure with all the secret layers that have come out, you know, this year. This year in particular where everybody seems, you know, it doesn't seem, but they're having, you know, more financial problems because of COVID and stuff like that. It's just like a read the room kind of thing. Like, right, come yeah, on, they guys. are shoving mad product out. Like, it's and, no joke. Like, well, they're, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. Again, like, not everybody's meant to get everything, but like I want to say, it is a lot. It's saturation. Like I think Neil, even you and I talked about it recently. Like we're sort of almost like, man, can we just slow down a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, well, I think the fact that they said at one point they would never print functionally unique cards in a exclusive product. What was the last time and that happened? They Nexus did. of Fate. Like, yeah, they, that Nexus was. I think was, yeah, that was the. The box, uh, buy a box for it was box com- topper. What is it? I can't remember what set, but it was the it was the box. Topper. I think it was core uh, twenty box 19. topper. Core nineteen. Core 19. Yeah, yeah, core nineteen. Right. Yep. But yeah, just the fact that they went back on their keyword like that. I mean, there's hundreds of screenshots all over the internet from the CEOs of the company saying we won't do this, and then year yeah, and a half I mean, later, up they, yeah. oh, they're going back on their yeah. word. It just takes a consumer trust, throws it out the window. People are pissed off. The whole situation's crap. I just think that they. They're just going to keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? And if the rules committee says we're going to ban the cards, then Wizards of the Coast is going to go, okay, guess what? The rules committee, you're gone. We don't care. We control the Commander trademark name. Commander is our format. That's why they renamed it from EDH. So they could trademark it. It's their 
it's their game. It's their stuff. They'll yeah, but in all seriousness, it, in all seriousness, if Wizard pulled a stunt like that, dude, do you really think that would fly? Like, I really don't yeah. even remotely think that would fly. What, what, I can tell you right now, I'd follow the rules committee. Wizards can kiss my ass. That's like, what. Straight that's up. what like, a lot of I people would do. I bet you, ninety percent of commander players would do the same thing at the beginning, maybe. Yeah. But the fact is, you're going to get new players into the game, and when they come into the game. They're going to Google how do you play Commander, and it's going to be Wizards of the Coast is going to be the official start. Sure, of the that first might one. be. They're going to slowly get into the game, and old people like us who played before, we're going to be pushed out to follow Wizards' rules. Over I don't the think rules I don't. I disagree entirely because those kids are then going to come down to the LGS and play with the old guys, quote unquote, and we're going to be like, dude, get that shit out of here. Yep, we and play rules. our way. Yeah, right. So I don't. I don't agree. I. I, I it's going to happen both ways everywhere. But like, genuinely, I really think like, for example, dude, if people came down here pulling some bullshit talking about, oh, we follow Wizards ban list, we'd be like, okay, cool, you can go play at that table over there. Like, we all play by the rules committee ban list. That's how it yeah, goes. Like, it, but over time, uh, that you know, it would just go away, and they I would mean, just say, okay, I won't play here in this shop anymore because Commander is a kitchen table format. That's a fun format. The number one rule is make your own rules. That's the original yeah. rule: is play the game how you want <laughs> right. to play it. You know, but. I think most people who play Commander play at home. They play with their right. friends at home and so, not at the LGS playing in tournaments. Yeah. I, I honestly think um, that that's not – I think the outrage would just be immense. But if they could get over that, they would try to. They, if they could take control of it, I think they would. Now, they've said in their press releases and stuff like that that, oh, the rules committee has the, the finger on the pulse – of the the EDH community, and we're just going to trust their judgment. But now with this whole situation, I don't know if they would try and press their luck. I don't know if they feel that. I mean, for most a lot of people that know about Commander, it doesn't take that long for you to realize about the rules committee that right. they are not wizards. Right. You know, I, I know that a couple people when you when they first get into it. They're like, oh, where's the you know the wizards' rulings and stuff like that, and then they find that wizards has linked to the yes. original rules committee, like ban list and stuff like that. But the fact that do I think they would try if they thought they could get away with it? Yes, but I don't think they could get away with it. I don't either. I because it's such a community format that it's, I'm just looking at it like, okay, Hasbro. Billion dollar company with a CEO, right? Okay, somebody comes in there and says, Hey, uh, guys, we can't make these products anymore. The CEO is gonna go, Why the hell not? And they're gonna, go, Oh, well, uh, the rules committee says we can't make those cards. The guy's gonna go, who the, who the fuck's the rules committee? You know, what what department is the rules committee? Oh, they don't work for us. They're not a part of our company. The CEO's going to go, okay, I don't give a crap. Make the make the product. Yeah, but that, you know? again, though, I don't even think that would happen. I right. really don't. Like, I don't think it's going to be a tit-for-tat thing. Like, if if Hasbro does that, if, if Wizards does that, that's just petty. Like, it's not going to be a tit-for-tat thing. If the rules committee really genuinely feels like they need to ban these cards, they're doing it for the health of the format. They're not doing it because they're pissed at Wizards. Like, yeah. Wizards isn't going to then retaliate and be like, okay, well, now we're just going to shut you out. I don't think that's going to happen I at think all. That's, like, just worst of the worst-case scenario. That's the thing, you know is they saying? just want to make money. They don't really care about the health of the format so much, as long as they can profit extract short-term profitability. But will they profit, though, if the health of the format doesn't continue? That's what I'm saying. Like, Commander's the most popular format. I don't if you think fuck they with that, care like, they're not going to... Like, that much. 
I think I've seen the steady, like, the boom and, you know, it's everything, like, everything else, it's a bubble. When they started printing cards that were Commander, you know, when they started catering to the Commander format... Like you say, in the first pre-cons. I'm just saying, it, it, it set this thing in motion that made it everything more powerful, more competitive. It's true. Things like that. They're, you know, they have to consistently up the ante year over year to say that, okay, these are Commander cards. You know? Right. And... They end up printing cards that everybody wants because they're mechanically powerful and they're made for Commander. Some stuff, you know, that has no other format but Commander. I just... I'm not saying that Wizards getting... Wizards dipping their fingers into the format ruined it. I'm. It made it grow. It publicized no, it. Yeah. It said that, like... For sure. Yeah, it definitely... I mean, we get, we get pre-cons every year. We get new built commander decks every year that normally have a couple good cards in them. Like, yeah. I mean, I definitely think overall it's a good thing, for sure. Yeah. But where does it end? It's, like I said, it's a bubble where they're just going to keep printing more and more powerful cards. And I think they should have just continued to print regular magic cards and let us figure out the what, good the ones. the powerful commander Yeah, card rather card. than right. just be like, here's Dockside Extortionists. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that. And I mean, like, uh, Jesper Meifers, who is uh, he's a magic artist. I think he did Tundra and a bunch of other, like, yeah. the duels and stuff. Yeah, he's the Tropical pretty well and stuff like that. He was on there. He was there in the beginning, right? He actually sent this tweet um, that I think really kind of looks at the old wizards versus the new, you know, powerhouse profit company. It says, back in the old days at Wizards of the Coast, we used to joke about how cravenly greedy it would be to release cards that you could only get with a high purchase price, like only available in this booster box, etc. We often said that if we did that, it was because we were out of ideas and the grasping suits had taken over. Then we would laugh, because we would never allow that to happen. We called them chase cards, and we knew their single purpose was to squeeze even more money out of the obsessed players. Even back then, we understood 100% that it was in effect taking advantage of people with certain mental disorders, and that was the wrong thing to do. We knew that many players would see it for what it was, a sign of a total loss of respect for our players, all for a pathetic short-term gain. Those cards would have been aimed squarely at benefiting shareholders, not the players. It would have been disgusting. That's why we never did it. Though it was discussed. That tweet was, I want to say, in 2008. Or that was, a, that was a post on Facebook from 2008, something like that. When did Hasbro buy Wizards? It was, it was quite a while ago. It was? Yeah. Okay. But... Because I just feel like there has been this uptick recently of these, like, chintzy, gimmicky products. There has been. Well, the, I mean, C- the CEO of Hasbro uh, issued in 2018 their five-year plan to right. turn the company into a mega-profitable company. Right. And don't, don't get me wrong. I think a lot, going. I think most of what the product that's come out has been cool. It's been good. I've liked, I've liked at least 75 to 90% of it, I would say. Um, do I think that they're saturating a little bit on the market? And do I think that, like, eventually they're going to, quote-unquote, run out of ideas, like they said, and just start peddling dumb stuff at us? Yeah, probably. Like, it just... 
I don't know. It seems there's been a huge uptick in like, okay, this, you know, it used to be we're getting Commander decks once a year. And again, please don't mistake me. I'm not complaining. I love getting Commander decks multiple times a year. But like, it used to be we're getting Commander decks once. Now we're getting them three times a year. Now we're getting all these spell books, all these secret layers, yeah. all these this, all these that. It's like, I don't know, man. It, de it definitely isn't the same magic it even was just just four five years ago when i started playing you know what i mean like and i'm i, I have not been playing that long sheldon actually just released a statement right now okay. about the walking dead cards he this said, should be good live live yeah, right? live, live update everybody <laughs> yeah it says we're not going to bury the lead here we're not banning the cards from the secret lair of the walking dead we understand that this won't sit well with some folks, and we've spent a lot of the last few days listening to a wide variety of opinions, and we want to thank everyone for taking the time to share their thoughts. It was, at times, quite overwhelming, and it's clear that this is an issue that many people are passionate about. Our decision doesn't reflect an endorsement of these cards, but what we believe is best for Commander in the long run. If you'd like to understand how we arrived at this decision, we encourage you to read on. We identified three major concerns during the course of these discussions, and we'll address each and how they relate to Commander below. Now, I don't know if we have time to go through all of this, because it seems like a pretty oh, hefty yeah, article. Boy. But uh, they, the three major issues are, A, the availability of these cards is problematic. B, the existence of non-magic IPs on cards should be discouraged. And three, now this this was a, a concern that we haven't talked about yet on like the show right now, but uh, Negan's character is a dubious character that is understandably a little controversial because people will say that, oh, but Magic has had villains that do terrible, terrible things. Yogmoth. Yeah. Okay, for but, but, but listen, Yogmoth <laughs> wasn't like... A dude. You modeled after no, a real I get person. It. No, I get it. But let's be freaking serious here. I mean, honestly, it's a fucking TV show. Come on. Like, like I mean, what are we gonna have next though? Are we gonna have World War II themed cards with Hitler as a as a dude? Where then where's the line? It's just the Pandora's dude, box you, of never. Dale, you are the best. Dale is you the have absolute to, you fucking have best to at take going it to, to the worst scenario. You <laughs> have to take it to the most extreme I know, because that's where I it know. always goes. I'm just so, saying, man, like Yeah, like here's what here's what they said about it. I'll just read this little this little nugget because it's kinda short. Uh, we've heard some displeasure over Negan character Negan's character being on a card, given his fictional history of terrible actions, and we are sympathetic to this and did give it some consideration to just banning that one card. We chose not to because Negan is a villain, plain and simple. This is no implied endorsement, sanitation, or glorification of actions in, in that he's no different than the villains already in the Magic Universe, even though, as portrayed by an actor, it seems closer to real-world discomfort. No one is suggesting that by putting him on a card he should be idealized any more than Nicol Bolas or Yogmoth. We will use this as an opportunity to remind each other to respect players' boundaries. Being empathetic and accommodating is vital for a healthy gaming community, and being considerate of other players makes us all better. That's what they said. Since I, I, when do companies have to come out and tell us they don't endorse fictional villains? Like, what the hell is this? Like, honestly, man. No, I'm but, really, I, I really but, am not understanding this. But that's the thing. It, it's like, I think the, the problem was coming from, like, I know that... Some people have not watched The Walking Dead because Negan has been involved with, like, taking women and, like, enslaving them and raping them. 
and that right. like make you know that gives them real world bad feels about things that have happened in their past, right? And yeah, escape. and that's yeah. fair. That's okay. fair. But then they you know so they magic is a form of escapism, mm-hmm. and now that they have they're trying to play this fantasy card game. Now there's like this dude. Who, Somebody at the table playing that card, and now you have to see it. So then you get bad feels, and you're like, "Okay, I yeah. have PTSD." I'm so just that guy not be allowed to play I'm, that card. I'm just gonna leave. No, the person should just get up and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna scoop." But that's or, what I'm no, but that's, that's, that's what it said. Feels. That's why it said in the end of this thing that be empathetic and right. be accommodating because that's what makes a healthy gaming community. Right. Just being considerate of other players. If you if someone men- says that they're you know uncomfortable. That you're playing, you know, the dude or whatever, you know, just like people don't, just like people tell me not to play Lord Windgrace. I don't want a three-hour game, JB. Don't blow up all my lands, please. Don't play Lord Windgrace. Like I'm not gonna be like, it's my constitutional right to play Lord Windgrace, and <laughs> right. I'm gonna do it. No, I'm gonna yeah, blow up all sure. lands. No, so like, I'm like, you. oh, okay. I'll just, uh, I'll just play a different deck. It's fine. Like, I all but, I'm, and I don't disagree with you. Please, if somebody told me they were uncomfortable with a, a behavior of mine or something like that, I would 100% be like, my bad. But at the same time, when does it also just become that person's responsibility to remove themselves from the stressful situation? Like, I don't know, man. We constantly put the blame on every. It's like, dude, you got to act for yourself sometimes, too. That's yeah, all I'm getting. I definitely you know I mean? agree. Like, I just feel like, you know, Magic the Gathering is a high fantasy-based game. Right. Keep it high fantasy. I personally don't want to see Transformers, Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, <laughs> all this other stuff in the game. Yeah. Because, like... I want to play. Dale is a very seventh. Dale likes seventh edition shit and older, and like that's Dale. That's Dale. Which that's awesome. That's totally awesome. I just like the dragons and wizards and spells and high fantasy. I don't need like. So would you be cool with Lord of the Rings promos? Yes, that'd be badass. Lord of the Rings (laughs) is is straight Dungeons and Dragons. The set that's coming out, right? Fine. Because that's all based in a high fantasy lore realm. Could you, you know? imagine like a Sauron Yogmoth promo? How fucking badass would that would be? be sick. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be awesome. No, but like like we've been we've been saying, I think the rules committee got that decision right. It's if you're uncomfortable with something that your playgroup is doing, just mention it. It's not like oh they need to immediately remove themselves right. from that situation well, because right. like say that say I just want to play commander with my friends. And one of my friends is doing something that I, makes me uncomfortable. So I mention it to them, and their response is, you know, well, just you just go away then. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the correct no, thing. But, no, not at all. And I think that... I'm a, more mean, like, preemptively. Like, maybe you just should know right off the bat, like, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Maybe I just... I yeah. Like, maybe you but have I a do friend think you, should you voice know it. has, like, a, been a rape right. survivor. Obviously, right. you're not going to play a deck around them right. that's going to cause them to feel bad about yeah, themselves. Because they're, they're trying to be nice. Maybe it doesn't make them feel bad because they, they don't even realize it until you're playing it. And then they're like, hey, man. And they, they bring it up after the fact or right. something like yeah. that. Like, can, yeah. if I'm playing with you guys, can you please not do that? That's just all about yeah, being yeah, a Yeah, that's, that's right. what I'm saying. And that's yeah. what they were saying. Just be considerate. Be empathetic. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think that's a pretty solid nugget. One, one on thing I do want no, to say, though, we're done, Dale. Is that we're moving. This just makes the rules committee look like shills to corporate Hasbro, and we are gonna now that the door's open, the precedence is set. We're just gonna keep getting more pushed, higher powered legendary creatures in these, and they're gonna fuck. They're gonna sell like hotcakes. I think that, and they're gonna weekend, be expensive. Wednesday, come dude. on, hey, we have a new secret lair. This standard card, you can only get it from us. It's gonna be standard legal. 
Yep. That would be wild. And the well, they, that would be $500. they did that already, and they've already <laughs> voiced the fact that that was not successful, and people were extremely upset with Nexus. One more rebuttal to Dale's thing. <laughs> oh, my God. One more. I promise. 30 <laughs> seconds, okay? I do. I see what you're saying. I think they didn't – in all seriousness, I know there was a lot of controversy behind these cards, but let's be honest. The cards themselves aren't ban-worthy. They're not good. No, they're not They're good. not good. I agree. I don't think these three cards will be the cards that tip the scales. Do I think in the future they will print a product that definitely makes us really have to question, like, yo, this is really getting out of hand? Absolutely. If but at that the point, case, then the rules I committee needs to step them. in and fucking ban the card. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, like, they – yeah. If they print a freaking Thrasios level card in a secret layer <laughs> right. product, right. they better be like, this is right. banned. Exactly, yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. Straight I agree. Up. But okay. yeah, that's enough of our soapbox for today. <laughs> what originally was meant to talk about the secret layer has blown way out. But it was good. It was all good discussion. So yeah. <clears throat> now we're going to move on. Um, Dale on his Instagram page had said that there were a lot of um, beginners who wanted just a few explanations on some of like the evergreen keywords that we see. Um, a lot of the newer keywords that come out have reminder texts that come with them. So, I mean, you know, those ones are pretty self-explanatory, but a lot of the evergreen ones, because they're there for so long, they don't get reminder text. So we'll go through a few of those, and then we'll also talk about some popular archetypes and the theory behind what drives those archetypes to be good deck building strategies. So to start, Let's uh, let's think about these. Let's define an evergreen keyword. Uh, ever, right. Evergreen keywords, they're called evergreen because they make their presence in most standard sets that come out. Uh, you're going to see things with flying, trample, death touch, indestructible, things like that. Those are keywords you see in every set at least once. There's secondary keywords. Uh, usually devolving around some sort of uh, theme that Wizards has created for the set. Uh, in Dominaria, they had brought back phasing. Or like Populate, you know, for example. Yeah. It's not always in a set, but like if it, in you fact, know. Yeah. Flashback, crewing. Yeah, and then, crewing. Yeah, no, crewing is what's called a tertiary because those, oh. those are ones that are made for that set and you see them extremely rarely. Word. Okay. You know, like, uh, so infect is tertiary. Infect is tertiary. Okay. All right. Uh, oh. Skulk is tertiary. Word. You know, that was whatever. Shadow. Yeah. Well, that. We're talking modern keywords. <laughs> See, together. Dale likes, yeah. Dale's, Dale's like, pre seventh uh, edition. <laughs> uh, bury all target walls. Uh, like, Dale likes flanking. That's banding. Um, <laughs> yeah, banding. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so those are the, the types of keywords, and we're going to be focusing on uh, evergreen keywords and how they interact with each other versus uh, common um, misconceptions based on those things. I think the first one we were going to talk about was indestructible. Yeah. Now, I know that a ton of people have indestructible in their minds as once I play this indestructible card, nothing can happen to it. It's completely right. fine. Um which is not the truth, unfortunately. Uh, the definition of indestructible is that it cannot be destroyed by a card effect or it cannot be dealt lethal damage and destroyed that way. Right. So if it's like the difference between that is say I have a 2-2 two -two bear creature and you destroy target creature, you know, you murder it. You then remove the bear from the field, put it in the grave. Now... If it has indestructible, 
That doesn't happen. You cannot, a card that says destroy target creature does not do that. The same goes for a shock, which deals two damage. If I shock this bear and it doesn't have indestructible, it is destroyed by lethal damage. Now, if it has indestructible, it gets dealt two damage, but it is not destroyed. Now, Trevor, there are a ton of ways to get around indestructible, and most of them you only learn through experience because right. you, you, you get you throw your indestructible dune down and then he gets his cheeks clapped immediately because By somebody's a path like, of exile. Or yeah. path to exile. <laughs> yeah. Path to so, exile. Something right. like that. Right. And you're like, but wait, he's indestructible. And you're like, yeah, well, these are all the things that I can do to him. Right. I can make you sacrifice him. I can exile him. You I can, can bounce him. I can give him negative one, negative one counters. Right. Because the fast Rid yeah, the fast rule is if a creature's toughness is zero, it is put into the graveyard. Yeah, now the key the key thing to keep in mind here is this is not damage. Neg one, neg one counters is a reduction of power toughness. So if you can reduce an indestructible creature's power and toughness, or well, toughness to zero without doing actual damage, i.e. neg one, neg one counters, that will kill the indestructible creature as well. Or just a dismember where it doesn't have to be counters. It's just exactly, gets neg yep, one, yeah, yep. One. Just gives neg five. Yeah, right, exactly. If yep. you reduce a creature's toughness to zero, it is put into the graveyard. Right. That, period, now, period. that is a period. hard and fast yes. rule. Um, it's, it's kind of jarring whenever it happens to you the first couple times. Because you're, like, super stoked that you finally got to play this dude right. with Indestructible. And then someone's like, ah, tragic slip. Yep. Get, get <laughs> yeah. it out of here. For one yep. black, I just destroyed yeah. your, your For one white, I'll swords to plowshares your Avacyn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And Neil... Knows all about Indestructible. He used to have a very nice, nasty, mono-white Avacyn deck. It was fun. Yeah. It was a long time I, ago. Once upon a time. Now, what was the 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 go-to way that people were getting around your commander, Neil? Uh, Path and Swords. Yeah. Well, yep. and stealing her. I, I frequently I frequently remember you bitching <laughs> right? that people were... Con you're like, I don't even want to play this deck anymore because everybody just steals my Avacyn. She just gets passed around the board. <laughs> yeah, she's super good. You put, yeah, she put, is uh, really good. Put Greaves on her, then destroy the Greaves, then steal Avacyn. Now all their stuff is indestructible. Yep. Um, I should have... Um, what's, the, what's the land? Homeward, Homeward path. path. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... It, that's just a, one that there's a lot of misconceptions right. about because people say, oh, you know, if I if I hallowed burial all the creatures right. on the battlefield, uh, which is, you know, remove them all from the game, or is hallowed burial the one that puts them on the bottom of the puts library? Puts them on the bottom of That's the library. Right. Yeah, put them on the bottom of the library, you're like, my guy's indestructible. Like, yeah, well, that well, doesn't, that doesn't, that does right. nothing. Right. So, you know, I've tragic slipped a Nulamog. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, absolutely, it's like, absolutely. It's just some of those things yep. where you're like, man, you know, this isn't as as great as I had thought. Right. Great keyword, right? Uh, but it is remove. You know, you can. Uh, it's vulnerable to sacrifice. You know, right. it it can't just not be sacrificed because of indestructible grave pact and and things like that. Right. Ashling the extinguisher. I definitely think it's one of the best. Keywords, yeah, but I think you can't good. have something be completely in right, just unremovable. unremovable because which, <laughs> which that actually brings up the next probably most commonly misconceived keyword um, uh, protection. So the next one we're going to talk about is protection. So 
bottom line here is when a card says something about protection, so I'll give you an example of Mother of Runes or the five-color creature Progenitus. So Mother of Runes, for example, is tap, um, give target creature protection from a color for that turn. So, for example, if you have, you know, a mana dork out that somebody wants to go for the throat with, um, you know, that's destroy target non-artifact creature, I believe, right? Yep. Go for the throat. Um, it's a black spell. I can tap Mother of Runes and give my dork protection from black. That will basically allow it not to be targeted by that spell. And that's the key, is protection keeps whatever permanent it is from being targeted. So with that being said, go ahead, JB. Uh, no, there's a really good uh, acronym for protection, and that's the only way that I've remembered because I learned it a while, a long time ago, and it's, it's uh, it, if something with protection can't be beated, now let me explain what that means. It can't be blocked by whatever it has protected from. It cannot be enchanted by whatever it has protection from. It cannot be equipped by whatever it has protection from. It cannot be the target of spells or abilities. And all damage from whatever source it has protection from is prevented. Right. So, B-E-E-T-D. That's how I remember Beat. it. Yeah, beaded. Yeah. It can't be beaded by whatever you're... <laughs> right? I like it. Yeah, like so, it. yeah. Sense. Blocked, enchanted, equipped, targeted, or damaged. Yeah. And that's like that's how right for all these years that I have remembered. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So then let's talk about Progenitus that says he has protection from everything. Let's explain that then. Because that's that's confusing. I mean, I'll be honest, when I first started and I saw that card, I'm like, oh my god, he can't he can't be destroyed, he can't be removed, he can't he's the ultimate creature. No, he's really actually not that good. <laughs> so um, but let's talk about Progenitus then. So protection from everything. Basically, Exactly what JB just said. He can't be blocked by anything. He can't be enchanted by anything. He can't be equipped with anything. He cannot be targeted by anything or damaged by anything. It is that simple. Um, however, global effects, such as enchantments that, for example, let's say gives everything double strike, that affects him because those, those types of effects don't target Progenitus. They just give everything a keyword. They don't actually target the creature. So that's a good way to give Progenitus double strike. Yeah. It's, so that and that's basically protection in a nutshell. It's all about beated. <laughs> it's all can't be beaten. Yeah, but, it can't uh, be beaten. Some interactions that are are pretty interesting. Uh, protection and blocking something right. with trample. So because the damage, the D in beaded, uh, when something has protection, the damage is prevented. Now, the way that the game looks at damage. To a blocker. So say I have a progenitus with trample, right? And I give my, you know, 1-1 one, one protection from a color because progenitus is all five colors. Right. And that creature blocks progenitus. It doesn't block all 10 damage, right? Just because it says the damage is prevented doesn't mean that it prevents all 10 damage. But this is only due to the fact that it has trample, right? Correct. Right. You are still required to assign lethal damage to whatever it is that has the protection. So Progenitus will assign one damage to whatever your you know this mana dork that you're yeah, blocking. It just never protection. actually gets dealt. But it doesn't get dealt. It gets prevented, right. and the nine goes over. Right. And it is 
pretty... So how does that work when your 1-1 one, one dork doesn't have protection? Like, does he just it take all 10? It dies and t- you take all 10? If, well, if Progenitus doesn't have trample... Because he has protection from everything, so your 1-1 one, one dork can't even block him. That's what I'm getting at. Correct. So. Bad example. Right. But okay, that that's kind of why. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. Right. I okay. was just. I was just saying that even though something from has protection from something right. that's attacking, right. it doesn't re- remove Stop all the trample. damage. Right. Yeah, it, okay. Yeah. Like the other keywords, pretty much function as intended, yeah. but your whatever it is does not die. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Now because I that you. damage is prevented. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So protection. Just remember, it can't be beaded. Right. That's what I do. Well, it can so. be rifted, though. <laughs> it certainly can. <laughs> rifts do not target. Overloaded rifts, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... So, that actually... Let's talk about Trample, then, because that Trample's on our list. This is one of Dale and mine favorites. Um, I mean, it's probably one of everybody's favorites. Trample's pretty bomb. It's honestly. a great keyword. Trample's pretty bomb. We'll talk Death Touch while we're at it, since there's a neat interaction there. Uh, Neil, tell us about Trample. Uh, if a creature has trample and it's blocked by another creature, if it kills the first creature, any extra damage is going to roll over to whatever planeswalker or player that it was attacking. Right, and that killing the creature is that lethal damage that JB was talking about before. So if you have a 2-2 that blocks a 5-5 with trample, only 2 damage uh, is lethal to kill that 2-2, and then the other 3 rolls over to your face or a planeswalker that you may may control. Now the weird, the weird thing, the interaction between Trample and Death Touch is one that kind of gets a little scrutiny because it is very strange. Because oh, God, awesome though. Because Trample specifically states that lethal damage has to be dealt to the creature, and Death Touch says any damage by this creature is considered lethal, like it will be destroyed. Right. Right. So that means if I have a a 5-5 five, five blocker and they have a 2-2 two, two death touch trampler, they only have to assign one damage to the 5-5. Five, five. Even though they have 5 toughness, they only have to assign one because death touch makes the trample damage, which is, requires it to be lethal, makes it lethal. So one and then the one spills over. So Even against a 5-5. Five, five. Even I, did, I actually yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. That's lethal damage... That's is modified by a death touch. Right. I so. did know that. I just didn't know it worked when even the creature was larger than you. Yep. Like your trample still rolls over even I when I only it's have to put you. one damage on whatever it is. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, it's crazy. That's and badass. That's, that's even modifications to the, the creature itself, the blocker. So even if the blocker has indestructible, it only looks at if it would right. be lethal. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Yep. So anything can spill over from any trample death touchers that you might yeah, have. Very cool. Now I've seen some pretty neat, you know, interactions. People building whole decks around it and oh, things yeah. like that. My my very first um, sixty card deck. It was just a mono color or a mono green devotion deck with like Nylea and some Theros cards and uh, said scorpions in there. Yeah, it was a trample death touch deck. Yeah. Yep. It was like the first like cool interaction like that I learned in Magic was um, trample and death touch. Yep. So that's like one of the the interactions that you you know you don't see too often. Right. Um, but when it, it it's a extremely effective combination of keywords whenever they are on the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. How about uh, first strike? Yeah, because that'll talk. segue through Death Diff- Touch as well. First Diff- strike, Death, death touch, touch. Right. Like I mean, if you have a creature that has first strike it's going to assign its combat damage 
before the other creature. Right. So it won't take any damage. It just hits the other creature. If that creature dies, it's dead. Your creature takes no damage. So you can almost think about it. Sorry, Jimmy. You can almost think about it in such a way that it during the combat step, there is like different parts. There is first combat. And regular combat, I think, is always how I've... Re- I don't know if that's actually how it's referred to as, but that's always how I've like heard it referred to and referred to it myself as first combat and regular combat. So something that has first strike and or double strike attacks during that like early like first early combat. phase of combat. And then during regular combat, when normal creatures attack, is when like something with death touch might occur. So if you have your 1-1 Sedge Scorpion with death touch versus your... You know, two one with first strike. Normally, that interaction without first strike, like both creatures would die. But in this case, the first strike creature deals its damage before the said scorpion ever gets to, and reduces its toughness to zero, destroying the creature. So, what actually, like, in the you know rules, it creates another damage step. Right. Right. So it says that, and that's I think it's just called the first strike. Damage step. That's a, yeah. I thought because it was something like that. Yeah. D- there is no double strike damage step because double strike just means that the creature deals, deals its damage during the first strike step and, and the regular. regular step. Yep. Okay. So double strike is kind of a, you know, a mishmash of being a regular card with first strike, but it gets to deal its damage regularly anyway, and they just keyworded right. that into double strike. Right. So, it creates that extra step. The damage is dealt. And then if the creature is still alive, then it gets to deal its damage to the first striker. But generally the reason why people block with things with first strike is because they want whatever it is to die in that first strike step. Yeah. So that's a an interesting Yeah. It's cool too because you can have a creature, like let's just as an example, mythical creature, it's a four one. Okay, but you have like a little one one with first strike. Like you'll actually kill that creature first, that four that big four one. You know, so it, it it is a neat interaction. Like you can almost get yourself out of situations where you might take more damage than you than you would have. Yeah, you slap death touch on a first strike creature and pretty much like That's well, game no over, one's yeah. coming at you because you're just gonna kill their right. creature with first Glissa. strike. Yeah, Glissa. First strike, death touch. Monster of a blocker. Right. You <laughs> yeah. can't like what can you do? Yeah, any she damage will block literally anything. <laughs> yeah, any damage that is dealt by uh, Glissa, you know, because she has death touch, is lethal damage, and she has first strike, so she gets to deal her damage before whatever it is that she's blocking. In normally, obviously, um, if she's you know, unless she's blocking something with first strike or double strike or something like right. that, but. The combination of those keywords just says whatever it is, if it doesn't have first strike or double strike or indestructible, or indestructible, I'm going to deal my damage first. It's always going to be lethal damage. Very potent combination right. of keywords. Right. Um, Trample uh, works interestingly with first strike too. Yep. I mean, they all, all these keywords really synergize together. It is very nice. Uh, they've had a lot, they, they've had a good amount of time to right to kind of flesh that out. So. Yeah. It's, it's no surprise, really. So, um, real quick, we'll talk about Vigilance. Um, that one, basically, it's simple. Vigilance is just, you know, your creatures don't tap when they attack. It's that simple. So you get a creature that can attack, and it can block the next turn for you, which is not something that normally goes down. Um, and then lastly, we just want to discuss the difference between Shroud and Hexproof. So, um, they're very similar keywords, but they are different, and here's the... 
So Hexproof basically has to deal with um, your opponents not being able to target either you or permanents you control. So there are cards that either give you as a player Hexproof or give your permanents Hexproof, either globally or individually. Um, so basically, like, you know, for, for Hexproof for yourself, like somebody can't lightning bolt your life total directly, basically is what it means. Now Shroud... Uh, conversely, is nobody can target it. You can't target it, your opponents can't target it, nothing. So, like, you can't enchant your own creature with Shroud, nor can your opponent target it with a kill spell. Yeah, and that's one that you see gets mixed up all the time. Right. Because people, you know, something will have Shroud and people think that they can buff it or right. equip it or anything. Right. And yep. that just does, is not the case, right. unfortunately. But it's just something to look out for. And uh, it's interesting, too, because... Um, these are things like they like you said they are things that get mixed up so often and there is just we could seriously sit here and have a whole philosophical debate about which one's better you know what i mean like which you know but it's all really situational so yeah and that was just something that we wanted to cover um dale has uh probably what you all have been you know waiting for the uh the winners Giveaway. of the giveaways. Yeah. We're a little strapped for time here, so we're going to wrap up. Uh, we will do a whole episode next time we get together about the archetypes. Uh, again, staying on the theme of um, topics for beginners and stuff like that. But we'll wrap up with the winners of the giveaway. All right. So the winners of the giveaway for uh, two booster boxes and uh, one of three the posters. So there's five winners here. Two of y'all get booster boxes I and... Know, Three of you will get posters. The winners are uh, Dustin Kendall, 3D the Yonko, Valmy15, Cyrexamania, and T Bister. Those are the winners, and uh, I'll DM all of you guys and get your shipping info or whatever we need to do to make it happen and get this stuff sent out. But it's going to be random, so I'll randomly just generate it again on the list who's going to get the booster boxes and who's going to get the posters. So, Right on. Yeah. Congrats, yeah, we're gonna, guys. We're going to throw in some extra packs and some, uh, uh, I don't know, promo packs. We'll throw in some promo packs with those too. So. You're the boss now. Yeah, Sounds good. Yeah. Look for those in the mail. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We've been the comics or the commander's fault. <laughs> I'm Trevor. I'm JB. I'm Neil. Dale. Have a good one.